previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Well, Simon's excited because he's out of the closet. Yay. Big news. Hey. The big news of the day. Simon out of the is- closet and into a threesome. <laughs> family show. Family show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Now, I know we've normally been shifting that around a little bit, but we've got so many people here. I didn't know what to do with ourselves. We've got Roxy next to me, of course, as always. Hey. And Simon and Ritz are with us. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey. Now, has everyone recovered? That's the key, because, I mean... Summer Littles was like three days ago. Well, I am still on cloud nine. Oh, well. That was the most fun I think I've had in a very long time. <laughs> it was so nice yeah. to have us all in the same room, I have to say. That was nice. I mean, I should say, aside from our wedding. Oh, right. Our yeah, sure. Mini moon. Of course. This of was right course, up there. Roxy. I right up there, just underneath. I completely get it. Now, so much fun. Simon, you were getting a little crap because you didn't come back. Now, I know. Well, no. I, I, I ordered some Irish fries, which weren't Irish at all. And then <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't face going back again. You know, so. now Ritz had a, now Ritz brought his lovely wife and she was lovely as as, Very lovely. as advertised. Right. It was so nice to see her again. Um, so that was nice. That was awesome for her and uh, really just a great community of littles. That was really the best part of the afternoon evening for us was just like we always talk about the connective tissue. It really was very wonderful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we won't mention that Simon didn't bring a date. Wow. wow. Got out of the closet, kids. Come <laughs> he on. He did get out of the closet. Out of the closet. <laughs> wow, Baby steps. Coming. I'm staying right back in this closet. Baby steps. I was there <laughs> for, I forget who it was, but when you first arrived, someone asked you, Simon, now that accent is real. And yeah, that was, that was a great start. Well, speaking of when I introduced you to our surprise guest, now I I don't want to like put any littles above littles or mediums or bigs or anything like that. But first of all, we were excited because we have to give a quick shout out. We had, uh, we didn't realize, was it Chris that came from, he's from San Francisco, but he happened to be in New York and his daughter lives there now. So that was kind of probably the longest mileage wise. But I mean, a big shout out to Patrick Smith, Smitty Scoop, because yeah. they traveled. Him and his wife came up. They drove up for the night. And they saw and, a show. And they saw a show. They saw The Office yeah. parody. Yeah. And I think they enjoyed uh-huh. it. I think they did. But now, again, we don't want to, we're not ranking anyone. But the surprise hit of the evening was Sean showed up out of nowhere. Which I'm so sorry. I had no idea until he was ready to leave who he was and that. And yeah. I was like, well, at first I didn't know. He just said, I'm Sean. Yeah. And honestly, I recognized the voice, but I didn't know who it was. I still didn't know who it mm-hmm. was. And all of a sudden I put it together quickly and I was like, oh my gosh. So I did not. Now going back quickly. when I introduced Simon, <laughs> I did say, and because every podcast needs one, I said, we actually have a real Brit. <laughs> and so I introduced him to Simon. Then. That's brilliant. And what a treat that was. Yeah, that's now, cool. It was so funny because Sully from Boston tweeted me or texted me like in the middle of it. And it, I was like, you don't know me. Well, he does actually because he goes, leave him alone. Stop picking his brain about how to b- have better audio. <laughs> <laughs> and so true. Good, I mean, good call, Sully. Good and call. he was so like nice and just so humble. Sweet. Would not let us call him a big. We're all like, oh my gosh, we have a big here. Um, Except me. I, of course, was yeah, oblivious. Until I'm the like, very end. Oh, so you should come on our podcast. You're a loyal little. <laughs> and, he, and Chuck 
bounced off of his seat and ran over. What? No, no, no. He's this is this is the know, guy. This is this is the guy. Well, I was geeking out a little, so that's. <laughs> I was my... like, oh my gosh, excuse me. I mean, look, if he wants to come on the podcast, I yeah, can... he can be on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you when I was talking to him, he's the guy with the longish hair, right? Yeah, 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 yeah great. Yeah, he, he seemed totally up for it. Very he was like, cool. oh, it's just a phone call. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. So, Very cool. Just, you know, if you're listening to this, though, Sean, I am sorry that I did not know who you are. <laughs> now I do. I will well, never make you're that tiny. mistake again. It's okay. It's all good. So <laughs> That's true. Anyway, we, we're glad. It, the pictures were great, Littles. Thank you yeah. for, and one more time, thank you, Bob Walsh. I mean, the endless efforts that he put into that to it, make it all go smoothly. It was amazing. so fun for me to see the pictures after the fact from all the different cities and saying, oh, I, I know that person. Yeah. I know that person. And I haven't met you in person, but I do know you. You're and like, I've talked this to you. is exciting. And yeah, yeah I, I have a feeling my first Jingle Fest or you're gonna some, be, I'm going to. We're both going to be a mess. My mind is going to be blown a little bit. Like, yeah, we're wow, both going to be a it's mess. it's you. It's you. It's you. Yeah. They're all bigs to us. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Y'all are great. All right. Well, let's get into some emails and messages and things like that. Now, Roxy, we're going to start with you, I think, because now, Ritz, mm-hmm. don't get too jealous, but we might have thrown out the last episode when you weren't with us how it was just me, Simon, and Roxy, and we said, we need a, we need a name for this. So we might have gotten some suggestions, and we heard from... Claire Natola, Cool Aunt Claire. Hey! I would always think of Gary and Jeannie being Tony's A-team, so I think you, Roxy, and Simon should be the A-team of your podcast. Sorry, right. Ritz. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, it's just, Ouch. Well, you know, Ritz, you're fairly newer to the podcast, so... And You'll get hey, listen, there. You'll get there. You, I got to tell you, though, I played college soccer, and there was a guy on my team from England, from Liverpool. And I got to tell you, every time we went anywhere with this guy, he would drop that English accent and women would swoon at his feet. Yep. And I remember like thinking like this, I'll never win. I'll never get anywhere with anybody as long as I'm with this guy. So <laughs> that's continuing to this day. And I defer to Simon. And so it's probably better if you are on different times. So, you know, maybe you'll get some fan mail that way. We also heard from Eric Barnes. He, his vote was the terrific three. So we're going to come up with some other, I think, because we're still going to go with the Fab Five for sure. Once Mm -hmm. we've got to get Tiny Chuck back on here at some point with all of us at the same time, because I think that would be a lot of fun. We'd probably get nothing accomplished, but it would still be fun. And we'll have some other names. I just want to know who's like face and who's Murdoch and who's BA and, you know, Hannibal. (laughs) Anyway. All right. And then going back to Simon, you had a message from someone about one of our popular questions we always ask in our interviews about what TV house would you want to live in, right? Yes. This is from James Cunningham saying, Chuck and Roxy, carefully leaving out my name. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I've let this go on long enough. Not a single person said the house from Silver Spoons. So many exclamation points and question marks. It was a giant house with an arcade and an actual train that went through the entire thing. And Alfonso Ribeiro showed up sometimes. Yeah. Little Ricky Schroeder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Simon, you know that show, right? Vaguely. I mean, I Googled it before I had to read the question. Uh (laughs) I now know it. Oh, it was was one of my favorites growing up. Now, Ritz, you're, I think, the only one here that hasn't answered that yet. Do you have a favorite? Like, what would be, if you could live in any TV home, which one would it be? All right. So here's the big reveal. I am a crazy fan of the show The Odd Couple. Oh. 
and, you know, having okay. heard this question a couple of times and, you know, I gave it some thought. So first of all, I would channel my inner Oscar Madison, sports writer, totally cool guy, go to ball games with him and then be totally great because you come home and Felix is cooking you dinner and cleaning the apartment. So it's like a win-win. Best yeah. of both so worlds. That's, that's my choice. Nice. Okay. And they live like in that. they live in New York City. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's true. That's very that's, true. That's, that's a solid choice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, we also heard from uh, Sully from Boston. Of course, we always hear from Sully, and we're very thankful for that. <laughs> this is kind of for you, Roxy. Ooh, I'm says, listening. Sandcastles in the Sand is a much better video than Let's Go to the Mall. <laughs> And (laughs) nothing suits me like a suit is the best video ever created for a TV show. Now, Roxy, I don't remember the suit one that much. I do remember the other video. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Robin? Sparkles. Sparkles. Robin Sparkles. Robin Sparkles. That's it. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you wouldn't get that if you don't watch How I Met Your Mother. That is a solid. That was from that? your 20 Email, what was that? I don't remember. He just sent text. me a text. I don't know. I solid, think it was a tweet. Solid text or tweet. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. And now, Ritz, I believe you have a message for Simon from Oz the Great and Flavorful, right? Yeah. Hey, Simon. Thanks for the shout out and for acknowledging my, quote, coolness. I apologize for starting the anti-pineapple on pizza movement, but in all honesty, it doesn't belong. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, or wow. does it? No, it wow. doesn't. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I got to say, I, I, I agree. It does not belong. Yeah, so we're Have two and two. Have you even tried it? All these haters. Okay, but. I, uh, I sent Chuck a, a fun picture of someone that put, what was it? Oh, mayonnaise wait, that was you? On pizza. Wait, that yeah. was you? Yeah, I sent Oh my gosh, I have it right yeah. here. And I was going to, I was just about to read it. And I was going to say, I apologize because I don't know who this came from. But someone, so Simon sent me a picture and it says, it's a picture of a pizza and it's peas and mayonnaise pizza. Yes, please. That's what it says. So then underneath it, it says pineapple and non-pineapple people eaters must put our differences aside and defeat this evil. Yes. <laughs> and go. I have to agree with that. That I will agree Is with. Is it mashed peas? Like, you know, no, British they're, mashed no, peas? They're no, just it's like, just peas and mayonnaise. It's a disgusting picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's an aberration, a, an abomination. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> threw up a little in my, uh, in my mouth when I saw that picture. Yeah, see, that I won't do, but pineapple absolutely belongs mm, on pizza. Mm, and if you yum. don't think so, you should just try it. All right. Well, on that downer. On that downer. <laughs> let's get to our Meet the Littles guest, shall we? All right. The cool thing about this is we met a bunch of new Littles the other day. We're very excited. But this is a true testament that every Little is so different. And we have Littles that, well, I mean, we've had everything almost, but not this. Loyal Littles will be right back with Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. being played in this episode by Jake Willis and this song is called No One Left in My Hometown 
And Jake writes, No One Left in My Hometown is a really autobiographical song about myself and all my immediate family and friends moving away from my hometown in South Carolina. I wrote it, self-produced it, and had some of my best friends play on it. On the whole, this may be the song of mine that means the most to me. If you like it, check out the rest of my music on Spotify or where you get music under my name, Jake Willis. That's W-I-L-L-I-S. And follow me on Instagram at the Jake Willis. And as always, we'll play the full song, No One Left in My Hometown, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, we have a fun one today. As always, Please welcome to the show from Friday Five Fame, Chewy. Hey, Chewy, how's it going? Uh, it is hot because I just roasted two whole bags of coffee. What? And I'm up in the roastery. And if heat rises, imagine 400 degree heat sustained over four hours, just constantly rising. Oh my okay, that's gosh. crazy. We're going to get into that. Now, <laughs> true story, Littles. We, we had a scheduled time, and this happens. Th- stuff happens sometimes, yeah, you know, and yeah. it happens on our end, too, sometimes. But we got a message from you like five minutes before we were recording, and it literally says, can we postpone? I got to help unload some green coffee. And honestly, the whole point of this podcast is so we can meet the littles. And we had no idea what you do. We're about to find out, hopefully. And uh, it just made us giggle because I was like, I love coffee. And sure, right, I'll right. postpone. If you need coffee, go get coffee. But <laughs> <laughs> So should we take a second. Why don't we back up? Tell us, tell all the littles about you. Anything you think they might want to know, where you grew up, anything like that. So I was born in Pittsburgh. I moved to Baltimore in 87. I grew up there until like 94. Then I just started to move around a lot. Like I moved to Trenton and in Atlanta to New Orleans, back to Princeton, New Jersey. And then my mom, we just weren't getting along too well. So my dad was like, why don't you come move in with me? And I was apprehensive because, like, my dad's gay. And I'm wondering, at the time, this is like 95 or so. Mm-hmm. And I was asking my grandma, like, my mom's mom, grandma. And she's like, you should go move with your dad because it'd be, or, I don't know, security and stuff. And I'm like, but this is going to sound stupid, but if, can you just turn gay if you live with somebody? <laughs> and she's right. like, I don't think that's how it works. And I'm like, <laughs> right. okay, then I guess we can do this. Because I don't know. I'm just like, I just felt like if everything you learn is through observing sure back then especially it's be like i guess this is just what we do now so yeah and then because my uncle lived here for in dc for so long too and my dad's lasted 12 boys and the last six are all gay and three of them all lived here and i'm like i don't know i don't see how i'm not going to come out gay and (laughs) but it hasn't happened yet so i guess you know yeah that's where and where, where where did he live at that time well in high school i stayed mostly in columbia heights and uh, just off Capitol Hill. Hmm. Uh, I don't even know why we moved. I know, oh, because he broke up with his ex-boyfriend because my dad's a whore. And he oh, was no. on it. Oh, no. So, like, I guess we need to get a step because the, the other dude had the house. Uh-huh. So, like, right. Let's just get our own house. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't want to know anything about it. I'm just, just going to roll with it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. Now, we normally hold off on this, but... That's just so interesting to me about all the different places you've lived. Now, sports fandom, where does that lie? Because it sounds like you've been all over. Yeah. So, okay, this is going to irritate people. Uh-oh. 
I don't believe that you pick a team and you're done because I say sport is entertainment. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie at 10 was not my favorite movie at 15, which mm-hmm. is not my favorite movie at 38 now. So why should my favorite team just remain the same? Because when I was six years old, I might've liked the color green. And I was like, I want to like this team. Like that's stupid. We don't do that with anything else. Like, right, right. Why be with sports? And like, I'm not that tribal. So okay, I, we might need to pause for a second. I might need to applaud that. That is like yeah. one of the best reasonings I've ever heard, Roxy. Yeah. I've never heard that before, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, like, really yeah, your interests change. Yeah, I'm like I talk to Jamie a lot because I'm I'm trying to get back into NFL, mm-hmm. and I, it probably won't work, but I'm trying to at least, and. I'm like, uh, I don't really like any of these teams. They're all just kind of boring. Maybe so. I'm, I'm trying to play around there. And that's just like, I even asked her, like, you know, you don't live in Kansas City anymore like, or in Missouri anymore. You can, there's a whole litany of teams that are, you can just pick one. It's like, nope, this is just how I am. Like, okay. Well, and her like, team's good. So why would you, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I tend to like bad teams. Like, I know. Hey, you, yep, I, I hear you. I, I think it's more fun to watch a bad team than to, because when you win, it's like, yo, we just actually won that game. Uh-huh. Like, that's dope. Mm-hmm. But when you're just supposed to win, it's like, this isn't, that's not fun. But yeah, so like the only team I've had mostly throughout the consistency in my life is the Orioles. Gotcha. That was the first professional team I ever liked. I got to Baltimore as a kid and I would just watch HTS every night, just watching every O's game possible. And I mean, I don't like them as much now because now I just kind of watch baseball for stats, but they're, right. they're my OG team. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, uh, fans of the podcast know I I always I have a saying I was an Aints fan long before I was a Saints fan <laughs> and I followed that team from like when I was in high school because I didn't really have a team because I, I it goes deep it goes deep for the whole I'm one of those firm believers that I think New York has one team and that's Buffalo mm-hmm. you know I don't believe like you play in New Jersey you should just call yourself New Jersey it's like when the New Jersey Nets moved to Brooklyn they're now Brooklyn Nets they're not the New Jersey Nets that play in Brooklyn to me, right. that's the same thing as the Giants and the Jets, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, so <laughs> well, let's get no, back to I you. Can, I, I can stay there with you for a second because when I, I was in New Jersey for seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and we were at the cusp of what's because, you know, according to everybody else, there is no central Jersey. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Yeah. And if you go there, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. But we were just on the bare edge of greater New York somehow, even though we're just north of Trenton. Mm-hmm. But all the people in my school were Rangers fans and Flyers fans. And I'm like, y'all know we have a team <laughs> in the state that has a name based on state folklore. Why would you not adopt that team? Yeah. And then at the same time, they're winning the Stanley Cup. Like, what are y'all doing? Right. Like, right. Y'all are idiots. So yeah, like, <laughs> and when the Nets left New Jersey, like, I don't really care about men's basketball, but it was cool to have the New Jersey Nets. Now it's like, you're just another team in New York. When New York already has a team. They don't need more teams. Yeah. I hate New York. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get along just great. Okay, so now take us into, did you go to any schooling or anything like that? And what do you do for a living and all that stuff? Schooling like college? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Florida A&M, historically black college in Tallahassee. I didn't want to go to college. I just, my dad was like, you have to go to college or you're going to the military. And I I didn't live too far from the, the Marines recruiter, so I went in. They're like, so when do you turn 18? I'm like, next year. And they're like, well, we can't really do anything with you until you come back at 18. So I was like, I guess I have to go to college. Right. But if I graduated in June, like everybody in my school already had their colleges picked out and ready to go. 
I'm in July, like, I guess I got to apply to college now, don't I? And my dad found someone he knew, and he's like, yo, you're black. We got black colleges. There is no such thing as we're not taking applications anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, if you got the money and the grades, they'll take you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I got, like, 13 acceptance letters. Oh, wow. And That's I went great. And I went to eight in North Carolina, and my dad's like, nope, you're going to stand you. And I'm like, oh, I thought <laughs> I was going to college. I didn't know you were coming with me. But, <laughs> okay. But it worked out. Like, you know, I... I think it was probably the better choice. I did not graduate. I got tired of it because, mm-hmm. again, when you don't want to go to college, you don't really have the incentive to follow through with it. Sure. Right. I got to a semester left, and I'm just like, why am I still doing this? And I just quit. <laughs> I was like, oh, nope, wow. I'm good. I, I came back to D.C. for a year and never looked back. Well, yeah. I, I went back to Tallahassee, but I never went back to school. So right. what was your major? Political science. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. And that's like, like I worked at a think tank in Tallahassee for literally maybe two hours. The idea was I was going to be an editor and because it was a libertarian right leaning think tank, they wanted somebody on the far left to write a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. I sat in this meeting and first of all, I, I was catching the bus to work because I don't know how to drive. I still don't know how to drive. I didn't. So I caught the bus to work. And I'm in this parking lot with Benzes and Acuras and mm-hmm. Lincoln. Like, where am I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did this happen? In an Oxford shirt. And I get in there. There's people in suits and stuff. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And we had a, a meeting and with a long table. And I'm just seeing white man, white man, white. And like, everybody's a white dude. That's at least 35 and up at the time. And then there's me at 22. And I'm just like, oh, this is this. No, I got to get out of here. So I was like, ah, I, I just got to step outside. I got my lunch bag, my backpack. I called my best friend and said, you need to come get me right now because this is not going to work. Never thought about politics ever again. Yeah. Uh, that must have been such a shock of thinking, oh, this could be really interesting and going in and seeing like, okay, this is, I don't feel comfortable here. Yeah. Um, that's got to be such a whirlwind of emotions all in like the span of, like you said, a couple hours. But before you went in, were you excited about the job? Yeah, because... I mean, I don't like government, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I like theory. Like, that's how I am about everything. I don't actually like practicing. I just like to discuss theory and ideas. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they were saying, hey, we just want you to write what you feel about things. And that's it. And I'm like, yeah, this is easy. Yeah. And then they were paying, like, some stupid amount of money just to sit there and edit other people's writings. Like, okay, we can do this. Right. Yeah. And then I get there, I'm like, what is going to make any of these older white men listen to me? Like, if I say, yo, you might want to take this out of your article, who am I to them? Like, right. they're older than me. They're making more than me. They're at a higher station in life than me. And I just I just don't see, looking back now, I could see that uh, I, I was probably hired for the reason that's obvious. But mm-hmm. if that was diversity, like, one person, if I put one grain of pepper in a salt shaker, that's not diversity. It's still salt. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And being so young, that had to have been so intimidating. Yeah. That's a yeah. great analogy. Like want, was, wanting to yeah. wanting to make a difference, but then just not really being so young, not seeing how that was going to be possible. Anybody who's reading their, their articles are probably right-leaning libertarians too. And here yeah. I am talking about the benefits of communism and mm-hmm. why if you can create a utopian communist society that without turning it totalitarian, why these things could work and why the bus system in Tallahassee should be free and why educate. It's like, they don't want to hear that. So I'm like, now how is this going to work at all? (laughs) 
I don't think I would have lasted there much longer than a week, even if I had stayed. Right. Like, it just, right. Yeah, it was a bad situation. Yeah. That, that was such a great analogy. I'd never heard that one about the salt shaker before. It's really because we I, run into the same thing. If we're being honest, we we're in the entertainment business mm-hmm. and, you know, you'll go see a show and you'll see the one person of color in the ensemble, you know, and there's usually one male and one female identifying yeah. and it just it looks bad. You know what I mean? And it's like and there's so much talent out there. Right. And, and luckily we're coming to a place now where now I can't speak for the non-union shows mm-hmm. because, you know, we're not involved in those. But the union that we belong to, which is Actors' Equity, well, you're also an AGVA. Right. They're now trying to make a, a pact of where they're going to make it a staple where it has to be 50% for all casts. Now, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many other issues that need to be addressed, absolutely. too. I know for my job, it's we're really foc- trying to focus on outreach and classes and being able to bring the... Well, you also said they're now making sure they are having auditions in Atlanta, not in just New Atlanta, York City. In Atlanta, Chicago, we have auditions all over the country now because some people, they can't wh- whoever you are, they can't afford to get to New York. So this is a way for uh, you know us to go and reach out and be like, hey, you still have an opportunity here. Because um, they're certainly talented enough. Exactly. You know, so... so. It's very interesting. So when you got back to, you said you came back to D.C. after that? Yeah, I, because it's kind of weird to be in a college town and not be in college. It's yeah, like, I'm sure. It was like I knew, I knew I could come back here and just get away and work and figure out what was next. Nothing came next until I was 31. Oh, so wow. I was just kind of dilly-dallying around trying to figure out stuff. And mm-hmm. I accidentally fell into coffee and... I've been in it mostly for the last seven years. Oh, wow. So what do you do with the coffee? So let's get into that. (laughs) Yeah. So I originally was just a cashier. Like I, my wife and I had left South Florida for DC because again, every time I go back to Florida, I'm like, why do I keep coming back here? Like, I know I love it, but once I'm there, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) We came up here and she's only lived in Florida. She she wanted to get somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, let's go back to DC. We'll figure it out. And I'm walking with my kid. She had to use the bathroom, stop in the coffee shop. And like I was watching the barista for a latte art, which I had never even heard of because I didn't know what a latte was. I never heard of latte art, nothing. And I, I was just blown away. Like, how the hell did you do that? Now, and, can we pause? Is that where they draw the picture on the top in the phone? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I didn't know what it was either, honestly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he was like, you know, he showed me how he did it. And I was like, can anybody do this? Or is this like, you can do this and no one else can. And he's like, he looked at me like, have you never been to a cop shop? And I'm like, <laughs> like, I could tell I was probably wasting his time, but he, he answered all my questions. And then they were like, yo, we might need some help. Let me talk. You, let me get you with the manager. We talked and immediately she just saw something in me, I guess. And I got trained for working bar and then I got good at it. And I worked at a couple of shops around DC and I wanted to get into roasting because I hate people. I really, <laughs> at the time, I hate people. I didn't know there was such thing as anxiety disorders at all. I just yeah. thought I was used to being an only child and being alone. That that was how I just operated. But I was like, no, that's my comfort zone because I can't function with people looking at me or talking to me. Sure. So when my, my boss there was like, you should probably get into roasting because you'll be away from everybody. You'll just be you and a machine. And it took a while to get there, but once I've been doing this for about five years now, and yeah, like I was last in Miami just before October last year, and I sent my resume to the place I work now, Lost Sock in D.C., 
And that was in January last year. And I got a call in September like, hey, we're growing now. We got your resume. We've been holding it until we knew we needed a full-time roaster. Are you in the area? I'm like, I couldn't be farther away from the area right now. But I will come back today if it gets me out of Miami. And sure. we talked, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I didn't even tell my wife I took the job until the day before I left. I was like, I'm going to D.C., and I got a roasting job, and it's salaried, which you don't really get in coffee a lot because the margins mm-hmm. really don't exist. Right. I got to take it because I can't stay here managing a hair extensions warehouse operation forever. Like, this is... The money's fine. The commute's fine. But when you just don't feel that purpose, how long am I going to do this if I just one day walk out and say, all right, I'm just going to work at Target until something else comes around. So I've been here back in D.C. since October, and this is the first time I ever didn't hate my life. So that's That's great. great. That is really great. Well, we're going to use that as a teaser because uh, we already have to take a break, believe it or not. But we I at least now Roxy knows I am a coffee guy. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of questions. So I'm very excited about this. You're going to stick around, right? Where am I going? I don't know <laughs> well, hopefully nowhere. <laughs> so, all right. Loyal Littles will be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. We haven't done one of these in a while. I know. Now that Summer of Littles 3.1 is sadly behind us, let's try to get the Jingle Fests all set to go. As many of you know, a rescheduled Jingle Fest number six is fully funded and will take place in Nashville, Tennessee on March 5th, 2022. Unfortunately, several local DC Littles are unable to attend that event and ask that we also do something local next year. For folks who prefer Jingle Fests in the DC metro area, There is a Kickstarter, and it's aimed at raising funds to host the event on the usual Saturday, June 25th, 2022. If funded, Jingle Fest number seven will be heading back to Virginia. So head on over to our show notes and click on the link for Jingle Fest number seven, and all the details are there. Just do it, people. Do it. We are over two-thirds of the way there, and let's get it fully funded, littles. All right, Roxy, now what? Back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are lucky enough to have Chewy with us today for this coffee talk. Yes. We're going to just call this coffee talk. Before we get into the coffee talk, you kind of snuck this in where you didn't tell your wife until the day before. I have a, I hate confrontation. And I know because she grew up, she's born in Texas, but she lived in Miami from six months old to where she went to Florida State for college and then went back to Miami. So People in Miami tend to, even if they hate it, they tend to not want to leave it. But I was just like, look, I know if I can tell her, like, I got a job doing what I want to do and it's back home for me, at least. And you've lived there before and I know you liked it and you don't need a car anymore. And the rent's about the same, but all of our salaries increase. How are you going to say no? So I was just kind of, I already had an (laughs) argument to go you're ready to go now Chewy I don't mean to interrupt but the reason I'm asking I know you've listened to some of our episodes but you might not know that Roxy and I just recently got married so I'm seeing how this plays out because I'm for my future I'm I'm very interested in this story I'm taking notes okay go ahead (laughs) proceed please so and it's every time we've moved and it's been because of me like I just get an idea and Mm -hmm. I start researching it and I have to formulate the argument so then I take it to her there's no holes and she's 
God bless her, but she can't argue a point like I can. Like, <laughs> even if it's the wrong point, I'm going to make everybody feel like, yo, we need to do this because this sounds right. And <laughs> half the time it's been completely wrong and I have to readjust and figure out the next thing. But now, this time, I'm like, how often does she say, I told you so? Like when it doesn't go right. I don't know if she ever, because for her, I mean, she's an educator. So like oh, her okay. life is pretty set. It's gotcha. me, the one who's like a shopping bag. And You're all breeze. over the place. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, you know, I, like we, I did, they're just moving up here this weekend and I'm already starting to look at where are we moving now when our kid graduates in four years? Gotcha. Like I'm already there. So like I just had the idea. I'm like, I have the bullet points that says you'll make more money, I'll make more money, and the mm-hmm. rent's pretty much the same anyway. Yeah. What's to lose? Right. Yeah. And I didn't even tell her. All I said was I'm going back to DC, and she's like, I'm with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like for real? That's it? She's like, Yeah. Our kid hated it, and I get it. She'd been there from third to eighth grade, so mm-hmm. her friends were all there now. Like she barely remembers living in DC from kindergarten to second grade. Oh, wow. So. That was the one thing I was worried about. I was like, look, I'll go first. Let me go up for a year and get everything taken care of so she can finish the school year. But I knew when she'd come back up here because she's a teenager now, you know, having independence of being on the subway. Mm-hmm. And, like there's just things that she couldn't do in Miami that she can now do. And I'm like, I have the argument ready for her, too. And yeah. it worked on her. So it's like, I guess I'm just going to go back to D.C. now. Like, <laughs> this is just what it is. So you've been so, there a year I've been almost. Yeah. Almost a year. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, your wife sounds like a gem. Yeah. For just take saying, no, okay, notes, Roxy. let's go. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not the easiest person to deal with probably because even, you know, my anxieties do not stop around my wife. Like I go home and I probably don't even take off my headphones yet mm-hmm. for until it's time for bed. I just, I don't know. Every time I walk into a new room, I need that time to readjust sure. and to evaluate even it's just this is i've been with this woman for 14 years and i'm still like i can't just come in the house and say hi like, i need to come in and i need to totally just melt before i say anything mm. and so yeah like if she's already deal with that i'm sure me saying hey you want to go make more money where i can make more money too it's like okay yeah that's a good argument if i say hey you want to move to like i don't know biloxi i don't know if i could have won that one i'd have figured right. out a way but it's <laughs> easier when right. you're talking about a place that's already been and yeah. knows her salary almost doubled. So sure, sure. Yeah. That's great. Wow. I love All right. that. that. Coffee talk. System. Coffee talk. <laughs> I, I need to know. So the whole roasting. All right. So first you were you were just a like a counter worker, uh, yeah. a barista, basically? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't even do that yet. I was just working the register. Oh, okay. And I would give you a cup of drip coffee. Gotcha. Okay. Well, to me, that's what it is because that's all I ever order. Right. Don't get me started there. I mean, <laughs> side note, if you don't have one, I think you should highly recommend there should be an express lane for guys like me that just want a freaking cup of coffee. I don't want any pictures on the any top and the foam things. or I don't want any like food. <laughs> I just want a freaking cup of coffee. And yet I have to wait in line behind like 20 people because who wants the fancy drinks? Who wants the fancy drinks and all that I stuff? Will, I can tell you honestly, as a barista, we love people like you because <laughs> it's easier. It's yeah. like, hello. If, if, Give us your three dollars. Here's your cup of coffee. Get the hell out of my face. And it's <laughs> yes. And, but people who want to hang out and watch you make drinks, it's like 
you're not making this any easier, dude. Like, get the hell away from me. I know, okay, that's a lot of pressure. But he forgot one thing. You, you also forgot in your head, you're also saying, like, if you're stupid enough to pay $3 for a cup of drip coffee, sure, give me your money, get right, your coffee, get that. Right. <laughs> well, I've, I feel bad now because of the COVID stuff. Yeah. They have to put all the... I'm even willing to just give me the cup of coffee. I'll put my cream in. I'll put my sugar in. But now, of course, they're doing it for you, which right. takes a little while. So I'm a little more high maintenance now when I go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> but I don't mean to be. But, you know, but on the other hand, if I'm it's actually in the city here, it's over four dollars for a cup medium yeah. or as they say, grande, whatever it's called. I, I'm like, but I want it the way I want it. If I'm going to pay that kind of money for a cup of coffee, if it's not sweet enough or if it's not light enough, whatever, I'm going to make you, you know, redo it, whatever. Anyway, right. not redo it. Just add more cream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, yeah. roasting. Now, let's get into that because I'm so fatuated by this because I've heard all these things about you should store the beans in the freezer and stuff like that. Then I heard other people say, no, 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 that's not the case. So how did you get into roasting and how did that become a thing for you? Yeah. So my first coffee manager really took to me. And I think for some reason, everybody around me knew all my mental illnesses before I even knew they existed. And she was one of the ones who were like, oh, this person's got some issues. Let me, let me look out for them. And she did. And she's like, you like number or I don't like numbers, but I like consistency. And how do I make the same thing time after time in time memoriam? And she's like, you should get into roasting because you don't really like dealing with people. You don't like dealing with coworkers. You don't like leaving the house. Like, <laughs> you're surprised to go somewhere where you're in a room with this human machine and just make it work. And right. there was a coffee company that I hate and loathe in D.C. that gave me my start in roasting. And it was another one of those situations where you're like, oh, yeah, we want you to be an apprentice. And I never got trained for it. And I had to kind of train myself. And I just watched a lot of YouTube and watched and read a lot of books to kind of figure it out. And I would lie on interviews like, yeah, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing. And then I just realized, oh, you know what? None of us actually know what we're doing. So <laughs> what difference does it make? Right. But then I took that approach in all interviews where I would be too honest. Like, you know, it's just coffee. If I mess it up, no one's really going to tell. They'll just add more sugar. Like, who really cares? <laughs> and I don't know. I just somehow figured it out. Like, I can't. I feel like there's people who become chefs who don't know how they cook. They just know how to cook. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I had to train you how to roast. I don't know if I ever could because mm -hmm. I just kind of figured it out. And sure. yeah. I tried things and they work. And I'm like, okay, great. I guess I did it right. And I don't really know. I don't know. Okay. It, it makes no sense I got here because I had no idea what coffee was really. And I still kind of, if you told me, to explain to you what I like, can just now how I created roasting profiles for some of the beans we had. I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of think of an idea, like maybe I should bring the charge temperature to this and I'll let it roast for this long mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'll just smell it and see how it smells. Yeah. And if it works great, if it doesn't, I'll just try again. I, but usually it works on the first time. Yeah. So. It sounds like it's a trial and error thing. It very much is yeah. because coffee comes with flavor notes, if you don't know. Mm -hmm. And, so you'll get a bag and it'll say it tastes like vanilla and honey blossom and orange zest. And okay, no, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> sure, you can think that. In a room full of people with their heads up their asses, yes, these things exist. Right. But to me, and I've been in it, I've been doing this seven years. To me, I can pick out flavor notes, but I don't care about them. I just want to know: is it good? Is it not? See, is it sweet? Is it not? Like, that's, that's how that's I feel about wine and beer as well. Right. Like. They always say, oh, this has a hint of this and a hint of that. No offense to anybody out there, but I'm like, I don't know. 
I read the label. I see what it hints I'm supposed to be smelling and tasting. And maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I just know if I like it or not. Um, right. And yeah. that's what's most important. Do you like it? If you don't like it, you spit don't it out. It. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the idea of sitting around saying, like, I, I, somebody sent me a, a bag of coffee recently, and one tasting notes was white flowers. And I'm like, what is that? What the hell is white flowers? <laughs> and why do you know what it tastes like? Right. Like, I don't, some of these things are so weird. Of coffee, everybody drinks coffee to a degree. Mm-hmm. And the further we complicate these things, the more the margins continue to be thin because we're overcomplicating essentially just bio. It's just gasoline for people. Like, why are we making it so complicated? All right. So I have to ask, though, where do you land on coffee ice cream then? Uh, I only really eat vanilla bean. Okay. (laughs) Good for you. I mean, if you have coffee ice cream, I'll eat it. I mean, I've I've never been against coffee ice cream. If I'm buying ice cream, it's always vanilla bean or French vanilla. Mm -hmm. You're my guy. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. (laughs) Now, of course, the most important part about the ice cream talk, though, is do you eat it over the sink or not? That's that's really the, the key component. And that's a, no. a, a Tony thing. Now, do you do you want to get into that a little bit? I know you said you haven't really been a super fan lately, but when did you start getting into Tony and listening to him? I think I moved to D.C. either 95 or 96. And because living in New Jersey, I would listen to WFAN and I did not understand how erratic sports fans could be until like <laughs> listening to Mike and Mad Dog. And I'm like, yeah. these people are insane. Crazy. <laughs> like, right. And it was such great listening because I'm like, these, I thought it was like Phil Henry where they were just obviously doing bits because people cannot care this much about the seventh hole hitter for the Yankees. Like right. that is impossible to care about, <laughs> but they would just yell and scream for hours. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And so I tried to find the same kind of sports yelling when I got to DC and you don't get it. I don't know if that was because it's so transient or just because who really cared outside of the football team. And everybody would start like, Oh, why aren't we starting our ninth string quarterback? It's like, okay, so this is the only team anybody cares about. Mm-hmm. But Tony was different because the sports was the, the central theme, but it was almost ancillary to everything else. Mm-hmm. It was like, we're talking about sports without actually talking about sports. Right. And it's like when I got to Florida and found Lebitard show, it was the same thing. It's like, oh, this isn't about sports at all, except nominally. And it's like, I like that because people think sports is just what's happening on the field. It's like, yo, sports is political. It's racial. It's sexual. There's so many different things going on than just person X completes past the person Y. That's the part that nobody really, I don't care about that. What's the stories behind it? So, yeah, like, I just, I just thought this dude yelling about nonsense was almost the same Mike and Mad Dog energy, but instead of about the seven hole hitter for Yankees, it was about creamer. It's like, this is great. Like you don't just find that yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it's usually Even, the outside of the rant of the sport rants that everyone enjoys so mm-hmm. much. Right. Um, you know, the yeah, drive so in. in college, I would listen online because I was just like, I, I can't not listen. Like I have to get this fixed. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until recently I'm just like, all right, like what else you got, dude? Like yeah. did you get a new trick yet like everything's fastball changing can you give me a slur ball at least can you <laughs> give me a different pitch once in a while now going back real quick though i i need to know your professional quick opinion on the putting the coffee in the freezer where do you come out on that okay i know a person who extensively has researched the effect of freezer and coffee oh good from their opinion if it's ground don't do it because first of all if you're buying ground coffee try not to but if you must, 
just don't put it in the freezer. As long as it's in a dark, cold place, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But anything, like, I just opened up a bag of coffee I had for three years, and I didn't even know I had it. And I just made a cup two days ago, and it tasted fine. There mm-hmm. isn't a wrong way to store coffee unless you're just leaving it wide open like a bag. Like, if you, however you would treat a bag of chips, treat a bag of coffee the same way. Okay. <laughs> it, okay. It, that's otherwise, a good, that's a great analogy, actually. Yeah. It, 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 it's really hard to ruin it. And because, I mean, sure, if you have a very tuned palate, I can say, oh, this is a little old. But it's not enough for me to say, oh, I don't want it anymore. You know, I don't, I drink Diet Pepsi every day. I don't know how long those cans have been sitting on the counter. I don't right, care. It's right. good. But to ruin a bag of coffee and put it in the freezer, if you, if it's ground, just that will do it. It will kill the coffee immediately. But I would say if you can get a vacuum sealer, mm-hmm. even better. Like one, I got one that was like 40 bucks on eBay and I put bags of coffee in it and I can go open up a bag of coffee that's five years old that I drank one cup out of five years ago. And it's, Still dang good. Still good. Yeah, I love those There's vacuum seal lot. bags. <laughs> yeah, she lives for those. Uh, so no freezer needed. No. That's, that's what we're no. coming out on. Just, just keep it. Yeah. You can even get like old coffee can and just put it in there yeah. and put it in the back of the, of the cupboard and you'll yeah. be fine. Like it just needs to be not hot right. and not exposed to air. You'll gotcha. be fine. Wow. All right. Cool. And as they say on the big show, hashtag information for life. Yep. Uh, I, was, I never gave anybody information for life. Oh, <laughs> there well, you go. Now you've given hopefully many, many, many listeners information for life. Now, for those of us, I know you have you've only listened to a, a handful of episodes. We pride ourselves on the Loyal Littles podcast of not letting our guests go without at least one or two fun, dumb questions, if that's OK. OK. All right. Ooh. Well, I really like this one. If you could live in any TV home, what would it be? Probably. Uh, it has to be the Bundys. Like, I, I'd have to live with Peg and Al. Because <laughs> as a kid, that was, until Seinfeld came around, that was my favorite show. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know how I think a married family sh- operates. Like, my wife, when she started watching it with me, she's like, this is why you act like this. Because <laughs> you watched this as a child. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, well, I have some good news for you. If you want to work backwards down the line of Loyal Little's Pocket, not too long ago, I want to say, like, I don't remember who it was, though, four or five episodes, we had a little discussion about Married with Children because I loved it because I said this, so I won't go too much into it, but to me, that was the first real replica of a American household. Like, it wasn't the Cosby show. It wasn't Growing Pains. It wasn't Family Ties where they come home and they wreck the car and they're like, oh, I wrecked the car. He's like, oh, but you told us the truth. It's okay. That's not <laughs> right. how it goes. And yeah. Married with Children was just... More realistic. More realistic, <laughs> I felt. Like, at least the way <laughs> I grew up. So, anyway. Besides, too, I was like, it's either Roseanne or Mary Children. Yes. Or they felt real. Like, yes. I know these families. Yeah. Well, you're like, we grew up with these families. We uh-huh. know these families. Yeah. That's a good point. I forgot about Roseanne. Yeah. My oldie but a good way. I'm going old school. Are you, uh, you like music, I assume, right? I love music. Okay. So, if you were to host Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Tegan and Sarah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the without hesitation. Littles, that was not an edit. Nope, there was no editing there. Without hesitation, did you know I was going to ask that question? No. Oh, okay. But they're just—they are without a doubt just my favorite everything in music. Uh However, now I'm thinking because it is Saturday Night Live, but I want to press the button and think of like some extreme black metal band <laughs> to go out there and throw pig carcasses. <laughs> but no, I really would, I really would like, I'd, yeah, it'd have to be Tegan and Sarah. Like, oh, that's easily. great. Nice. <laughs> all right. You got another one, Roxy? What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? A baseball cap. Ooh. Ooh, okay. I lost my hair at 23. <laughs> and 
most people don't even know that until I take my hat off. It's yeah. like, oh, damn, you're pretty bald. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty bald, huh? <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, keep the sun out your eyes. They yep. make a statement. They come in all kinds of colors. Yeah, yeah. Baseball cap. That's love amazing. It. That's I a great it. answer. <laughs> all right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, is there anything you want to plug that you need to plug? If you, uh, can, How can we get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with? Or you're on Twitter and all that stuff? Yeah, I'm Twitter, Instagram. I don't Facebook just kind of keep open just to chat with my best friend. Sure. Twitter is the easiest way. Well, how can we find you on Twitter? Oh, at Cochino Chili. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Always over. If you're under, you're you're a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely savage. No, that's the pontoon boat thing there. Like if you're under, you are a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right. It's one of Roxy's favorite questions because of the passion that comes behind the answers. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that my, was one of the best. So My wife is an under person. And oh. I hate when I get in the bathroom and she's put the role. I'm like, you, uh, you idiot. Stop it. <laughs> and, then, and then more importantly, then do you change it? All, every time. Every yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> every time. It's like people who squeeze toothpaste out the middle. Like, wh- who raised you? Right. <laughs> That's another good one. That's a good one. <laughs> well, Chewy, thank you so much for coming on and meeting the Loyal Littles. We really appreciate so this. This fun. has been a long time coming. We've, I'm glad we finally worked this out. Yeah, this is actually a hell of a lot more fun. I'm always nervous for these things, man. I always end up having a good time. So, yeah. This was- oh, that's oh, great God. to hear. <laughs> all right, all you Loyal Littles, we'll be right back. You are listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. What's your Loyal Little? Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Chewy, for coming on. Again, it just uh, blows my mind all the diversity we have amongst the Littles. Yeah. It's, it blows on my mind. All- ends of like everywhere yeah yeah so before we get out of here one quick thing we wanted to talk about well we have to acknowledge the olympics coming to a a finish Mm -hmm. but we did want to announce we wanted to congratulate bobby gottfried on winning the grandstander small monetary value pool (laughs) the olympic pool oh that's so cool yeah now i mean i'm very excited we're very excited because roxy and i were also on the podium we were I got silver. Roxy got silver and I got bronze. bronze. So Hey, that's awesome. Well, you guys said you did a lot of research. Good for you. Okay, so I well, I'm gonna come clean. (laughs) And basically I didn't have time to do all this, but and I I really don't know that much about the Olympics. So Mm. basically what I did was I said, Roxy, send me yours. She (laughs) sent me hers, and I just changed a few. (laughs) So I'm coming clean. I mean, it still counts, right? I got the bronze. I least, mean, you chose whichever I, you chose for whichever reason. And I changed the right then. ones, apparently. Well, no, that's what I was saying. I would have felt really bad if I ended up getting silver and she got bronze. <laughs> but it turned out okay. I feel like yeah. I changed a few that were sh- I shouldn't have changed. We won't say where I got my answers from. Yeah, no, we won't. But no, you did the work. <laughs> you did the research. You, no, I, you at least, the- I at least went on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Roxy, I got to tell you, you have a future in everybody's fantasy football leagues going forward. Because obviously you're great at being a sports prognosticator. Oh, this is awesome. Well, we'll see. I-, I want you on my team now. I don't know if this Berserker League thing is going to happen for us or not. We might have an alternate plan for that. Uh, we definitely want to be in the Littles Fantasy League, though. Yeah. Now, we did want to just get your closing views on, like, overall, the Olympics. How, how did we feel? Roxy, what do you uh, think? You you enjoyed a lot. You said last night you enjoyed a lot more than you thought you would have. Yeah, and I 
was able to watch some things that I really haven't watched in the past, like the uh, synchronized swimming. I watched a little bit of that. The diving. I just I love watching the diving. And I recently started watching the rhythmic gymnastics and that was cool. I mean, just so many different things that you wouldn't think. There was a canoe, a two, two person canoe thing. I was watching oh, that. Oh, when they kneeled? Yeah. They oh my kneeling. gosh. They looked amazing. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that is called. I'll have to, we, we should look that up. We should yeah. have, because we did kind of enjoy it. It was different. Do you guys know what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I saw I, one of those. Events. What is that called? It might different be like way. the K1 or the K2 or something. Oh. And then, by the way, isn't synchronized swimming now called like artistic swimming or something? Probably. They changed the name, oh, didn't they? Probably. I, no I wasn't idea. paying too much attention. Not sure. But. But, so, Simon, what was your just favorite? Brilliant. What was oh your favorite? Oh my god, all of it. it! It actually made me emotional. I was again, I was watching the BBC coverage, and they did a nice little package at the end, oh. and uh, I shed some tears. I mean, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. All these people coming together, competing, but at the same time, like everyone is just getting along and just I don't know, yeah. so much division. But it's just, it's just so wonderful to see all these moments. And like you said, all these obscure sports. It really like growing up. It's, it's always been one of my favorite things every four years, and just like learning about different countries as well. Yeah. You know, mm. at the opening ceremony, like every time the flag, new flag comes out, I just think. It's a must-see for all young people. I think it's just a great example to everyone. But All right, Ritz, what was your favorite? Um, I got to say, honestly, this might have been the, for me, the Olympics I was least interested in. But, of course, you know, you get caught up on the endless coverage, whatever, seven different channels mm -hmm. and online sites. The one that gave us the most giggles, I guess two different ones, the skateboarding just was, to me, very hilarious to watch guys, adults doing things and falling down a lot, it seemed. <laughs> I, I just didn't quite get it. And then the other one that was a source for great hilarity in our house was the BMX bicycle racing. Watching adults on these tiny little bikes pedaling furiously. I did right. see that. It was just hilarious. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any moments like that. The only thing I'll say overall was the disappointment of the not having fans there. Yeah. It's such a different vibe and such a different feeling. And it's, I don't know. I mean, I totally understand. And I'm not saying there should have been. I'm just saying it was the dis it was just a disappointment. There was definitely some good um, content, though, of the other athletes supporting each other. And then the one, oh, yeah. I think... Simon, is his is it Daly? He was uh, knitting. Tom Daly. Tom Daly. He was yeah, knitting yes. and crocheting, and he made all of these cool things while he was watching his peers and other athletes perform and whatever. And that was just so cool. And he went viral. It was great. I missed all this. It was great. I was working. But I caught a lot of the replay <laughs> and I vented on enough about the softball, but I did enjoy it. I yeah, mean, it was, it yeah. was exciting and there were some good games and we did pretty well. And the well. women's volleyball won gold. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 We could go on with this for hours. I <laughs> but we're not great. going to because now, Littles, I haven't told anyone about this. None oh. of my lovely co-hosts know I'm going to about to read this. But on around this day in 1977, Rich, you want to give it a shot? Uh, yes, I will give it a shot. You, Summer of 77, I will go with Son of Sam was you, caught. You would be correct, that 1977. Was a, that was a crazy summer, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, who? Yeah, so... <laughs> Because what we're doing, this is going to tie into our tiny little suggestion, and that is, well, let me read the blurb first. Old postal employee David Berkowitz is arrested and charged with being the son of Sam, the serial killer who terrorized New York City for more than a year, killing six young people and wounding seven others with a 44 caliber revolver. Because Berkowitz generally targeted attractive young women with long brown hair, hundreds of young women had their hair cut short and dyed blonde during that time. He terrorized the city. Thousands more just stayed home. Were you here in the city then? 
I was living on Long Island, but I will say real quickly, it was like of such presence in everybody's mind. Like I remember I was 15 years old, whatever. And typically me and my buddies would go into the city. But that summer, my parents were like, yeah, no, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff going on. You guys aren't going into the city. Yeah. Wow. I was just about to say, uh, my hair is fairly short right now. So I'm really (laughs) grateful for that. (laughs) Right. Now, how I'm tying this in with a tiny little suggestion. Now, Ritz, I don't know if you saw this. July 10th, it premiered 2007. So it's what, 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was called The Bronx is Burning. Did you happen to see that? It was an ESPN special. Yes. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. I saw it when it aired and then I bought the DVD set. So I still have it. So maybe Roxy and I will go down that road. I thought they did such a great... <laughs> She's like, oh, maybe not. So, Little, seriously, if, if you haven't seen it yet, because I feel like another generation has gone by now. It's been 14 years since it aired. A lot of people might have missed it. It does a really good job going through the Yankee season and then also at the same time going through that whole scenario of The Son of Sam. So I just thought I'd bring that up. And Roxy, nope. Ro- come on, Ro- Roxy. It's, it's about baseball. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give us a nice rate and review there. And once again, quick shout out to all the Littles who came to Hurley's for Summer of Littles. It was such a pleasure to meet them. And it's great. We now have new friends and we have some more new interviews that will be coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. We're very excited about that. Yes. And of course, a thank you to Chewy for coming on as our Meet the Littles guest and Jason Bullitt and the great Sean Morrissey for our bumpers this week. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, use the bloody code. Have a great week, Littles. You are a monster. See
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.